I think my um, Skype recorder actually kicked in automatically. Minus as well. Ooh, that's fancy. It's all fancy, isn't it? Oh, it has an all. Oh, my. Don't even have to worry about anything these days. Christy bollocks. Sometimes it just fucking works, isn't it? Richard's still on Skype. Should we invite him? (laughs) (laughs) Just for a laugh. Just say, hey, you know. (laughs) We had three attempts at the last one, but this one's worked first time. Yeah, please come back. Yes. But we can do it professionally this time, I promise. Welcome to the Conquistadors! Tonight we take it to the extreme with ECW Living Dangerously 1999. Stepping in front of the roar of the ECW crowd is the franchise Cameron Phillips, the Japanese buzzsaw Ewan Taylor. And the whole effing show filled oil only tonight on the Conquistadors. Anyway, uh, Alan shall not be joining us this evening. Okay. Um, I did tell him when we were recording, and he said he would have a think about it and he would be on if it, if it was okay. But um, obviously, he's not. Then. So. Oh, well. And it's not really a show which really he has any great. Effects well, for anyway. We knew this at the beginning. He is Pretty much, yeah. Wrestling races, isn't he? To be honest. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. If it's not WWE, then you know. WWF, even. Sorry, yeah, WWF. It's not. It's not wrestling. Is it? It's not wrestling. No, it's just not his wrestling. It just gets put in the. Uh, in the, uh, I'm trying to think of racist term, but probably probably shouldn't go down that path. I would have thought. No, it's not going down that path. Not again. It's not going down that path. Anyway, we started this. I think, or, I think uh, so. <laughs> Wow, what a start. <laughs> strange, strange introduction. I think it started basically with you saying, I was not here, and I thought, well, that'll do. That's <laughs> fine. Another question I was going to ask, you know how usually we have the... Would we not this month of the ECW one? We did it for the WCW or New Japan podcast, so... Yeah, but you know, you know, you know, ECW always had that extreme thing going on. We could well, do maybe that. I'll put it in there now. How about that? Grand. Welcome to the Conquistadors! Tonight we take it to the extreme with ECW Living Dangerously 1999. Stepping in front of the roar of the ECW crowd is... The Franchise Cameron Phillips. The Japanese buzzsaw Ewan Taylor. And the whole effing show filled oil only tonight on the Conquistables. I feel better now. It's like giving you work. Thanks. <laughs> it's no problem. Thanks. It reminds <laughs> me when I did a, we did on um, the old movie Little Watching podcast. We did a Halloween special, and people just randomly started mentioning things going past because I was doing sound effects for it. Right. Actually, like, oh, there's there's like an Argentinian swan flying past. <laughs> oh, 
and this two planes have just flown past and hit a helicopter. So you had to Google them. Um, yeah, landed in a lake swaps. and then caught on fire. <laughs> nice. And a fire engine turned up with a goat. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> anyway, are you leading the way on this one, Phil? Oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> we start talking about goats now, so. Hello, hello, Ewan, and hello, Cameron. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you guys doing? Um, yeah. I'm all right. I've, I've just about got over um, the weekend. Yay. Well, we'll come to that in a minute, because... Yep. Uh, oh. I've uh, I've got a I think a tradition now. I do like a list of things that have happened since the last podcast. All right, okay, go on. Which hasn't been that long since the last one, now, is it? I know. No, miraculously, what two months? Yes. Something like that. Within it's the same quarter, that's ages. quite impressive, for us, isn't it? <laughs> it's not bad, actually. It's not right. Bad. Not bad. Yeah, we're we're the rest quarterly podcast going as of right now. Oh yes. Actually, hold on. Oh, the baby's crying. Hold on, I need to go settling down. Fuck's sake! Oh man. Only two seconds, he's just like, chirp. Just bring him. Just bring him. <laughs> Why are you talking to these strange men, Dad? Why? These aren't the strange men you normally talk to over the internet. No, no. They're usually when you find adverts on the side of phone boxes. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> you walked into that one. I really <laughs> did. <laughs> uh, you <laughs> slept walked right into that. Hi. 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 He's Back again. Now. He's cool now. Anyway. Uh, cool. That's okay then. Thanks. You didn't, suffer. You, you didn't put a pillow over his face, did you? Oh, Jesus. No. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, just just, we, we just really checking. Are, we really are stretching that probable Benoit thing. <laughs> I had a really nightmarish thought, you know, you know how like a fi- uh, like old school wrestling review have like, you know, what bar t-shirts and that kind of yes. stuff. Yes. Um, I thought it was like, what if we were to make t-shirts? And I was like, what would our t-shirt say? And the only thing I had it's in my head was a t-shirt emblazoned with probable Benoit. Across it. <laughs> Don't forget um, um, Mental Death Lariat. Oh, that yeah. Was, oh, that was all right, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mental Death Lariat. Anyway, I've got a list of things that have happened since the last podcast. Go on. Okay. Not, not complete, but, you know, we'll go with what we can do. Um, Randy Orton got married, apparently. Congratulations to him. Well, uh, Randy. Uh, Kevin Owen blocked Marissa Joan Hart on Twitter. <laughs> I read that today. That is hilarious. Fantastic. Love it. Um, Alberto Del Rio returned to WWE to um, yeah. a, a muted fanfare. I would um, say so. Well, it was probably. I think it's just the fact that the, the, you know, as as will be the case with these things, the internet was rife with who would be in yeah. the US title challenge. Yeah. And I have to admit to being a little surprised myself. I kind of avoided all the spoilers. I think the general consensus was would be uh, Tyler Breeze that yeah. was going to be, yeah. and obviously Tyler Breeze would get the shock victory because you know everyone knew Cena was bugger enough. Probably would have been a good idea as well, wouldn't it? But you know, no. yeah. But um, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the Mex America thing. It kind of makes no, no. sense. And yeah, I mean, the whole thing with Del Rio leaving, I think everybody kind of knew that he'd be back at some point because. It was the social guy he did the insult, and then Del Rio reacted, and they kind of the hand was forced. So I think you know, 
Well, he's always maintained, wasn't it, how it was some backstage guy who was basically trying to crack some racist joke and he took yeah. offence to it and that's why he punched him. Yeah. So in the interviews afterwards, when he got released and it was always like, oh, well, you know, I can't say much because of the court case, but it was, you know, a racist incident and he was being racist towards me and that's why I decked him one, basically. Yeah. I'm thinking it's the whole Mex-America thing, you know, oh, you know, we can, you know, join with other nations and this kind of stuff. Is that not like a really crappy in-joke alluding yeah, to that? it is. And they also fired um, Billy Gunn as well. Well, yes. you know. PED taken for <laughs> powerlifting? Yeah. Of all things. Because you're a 52-year-old man with a physique like that. <laughs> yeah. Let's he's not just so. an ass man, he's a pet man as well. Let, let's do some powerlifting. Yeah. Because the, the, that's a good trade to get into when I've got one of my best friends with the you know, CEO of the company. That's like the biggest wrestling company in the world. I'll do that. Well, he'll probably turn up in TNA in due course. They've already signed him. <laughs> I'm, been, I'm, I'm being serious. They have. What? Really? Yeah. I'm sure I read something somewhere. Is that life-breaking news? No, I think it's actually happened. Let me check. You are Badass. shitting it, surely. Billy Gunn, TN. I thought uh, he was taking like, independent bookings and stuff because... Uh, somebody do, told me today it? he's um, signed with TNA. Hang on. Not a chance. Surely not. They're not that stupid. Please tell me. They're signed with a television network that sounds like bubblegum. Yeah, TNA's moved moved channels, haven't they? They moved to Pop. Pop, yep. Never heard of it. No. (laughs) Apparently, it needs to be the TV Guide channel. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So, essentially, like, Impact will be shown in a tiny little box in the corner of the screen. Impact will be shown during Bamboozle. Nice. I could watch that. Uh, oh, we got some new tag team champions for NXT with Dash and Dawson, who I really like. Yes, they are great because they're like a tag team from the eighties that just turned up suddenly. And we're like, right, we've got our satin jackets. Yep. Let's go beat somebody up. <laughs> turn up, brace, sell, leave, done. Yeah. They're like, um, what was the Arn Anderson tag team called? Not the Brain Busters, Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Yes, they like kind of like them. I like them. They're good that. And the um, the biggest news was uh, Seth Rollins blew his knee out. Wrestling King. Yes, he, yes, yes. he did. <laughs> um, that, that, that looked sore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of, of all things to do, though, Wrestling Kane in the street fight in Dublin? Uh, yeah. You know, and I, I feel I feel quite sorry for Seth Rollins because he has kind of... He's grown into the world title picture. Yeah. I think when he first got after WrestleMania, everyone was a bit kind of like, okay, fair mm. enough, well, maybe we'll see how this one goes. Yeah. And he has kind of proven... Over the last few months, that he was quite a good heel. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he's been—he's like he's done everything they wanted him to do. He's like worked with you know, Brock Lesnar and that Sting, Dean Ambrose and Sting, injured Sting technically killed Sting. <laughs> uh, and, but it's um, but he's been great. He's been like you know, as a heel, oh, he's a douchebag. He's a proper oh, he's douchebag fantastic. heel. And 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 you need to you you want to hate him, and that's yeah. that's the that's whole the point. point. But I think the the, the plan. What they're saying now, apparently, is the plan was always that he was going to drop the title to Reigns at Survivor Series anyway. Yeah. So this is just kind of a really long way around of giving Reigns the belt. But my feeling is, if they end up with Reigns as he is, winning the world title at Survivor Series, he'll just be booed out of the build. That's that's what I was going to say. Here's my um, review of Survivor Series right now. Boo. (laughs) Yep. Because it looks like the final's going to be at uh, Ambrose versus Reigns. Yeah, my my personal whole plan would be, and it sounds really obvious, but I don't mind obvious in wrestling if it's done well. Yeah. 
So, you know, it, okay, fine, Reigns is going to win the belt, but here's how it should go down. Basically, there's a whole build-up at the start of the night, yeah, it's Ambrose and Reigns in the final, they have this whole thing about mutual respect and how, you know, they're best of buddies, but this is the title, so they might as well have a crack at it, and, you know, there'll be no hard feelings or anything like that. Yeah. Essentially, half this all lasts until about halfway through the match. Then Rain starts bringing out the steel chairs and clocking Ambrose over the head with the ring bell and all this kind of stuff. But the referee does not call for any kind of disqualification. And everyone's like, "Well, what's going on here? What's going on here?" Yeah. You know, there might be a moment where Ambrose, you know, picks up the steel chair in retaliation, but the ref takes it off him. And so it's like it's as if you know, Reigns is getting away with everything. So oh, basically, yeah, yeah. Reigns wins. Um, and then ends up, you know, pounding Ambrose in the middle of the ring, wins, blah, 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 gets the title. Uh, he turns heel. Basically, he's in with the, uh, with the authority, but Triple H doesn't quite know what's going on. And that's kind of stuff. Triple H is a bit confused at the end of the broadcast. Raw the next night, there's a promo with Reigns and Triple H in the ring. And Triple H kind of goes, you know, if you wanted to, you know, join the authority, if you wanted to be on my side, then you should have just said, we'd have done all this for you, we'd have done this for you. And then Reigns turns around and says something like, yeah. I might not have been your first choice, but at least I was Vince's. Oofed. Oh. And, then, and then you get, no chance if that's what you got. And then Vince comes down and says, yeah, this has always been the man. Because if everyone thinks that anyway, and yeah. he's got a teacher's pet kind of style of it anyway, you might as well just run oh, with the bloody thing. Stone Cold made that comparison in his podcast, basically you know, comparing him to the, when The Rock came in, and The Rock was you know, rocking my ear and smiling, and everybody hated him. And uh-huh. then he, he turned heel. They put him with the nation domination, and like that, that side of his character that became the Rock could come out. Yeah, he could grow, become more popular. You know. Yeah, and then he did that thing of becoming so good as a heel, he kind of automatically became a face. Yeah, and Reigns might be able to do that as well. Yeah. So maybe in two, three yeah, years he kind time, of, they kind of the Shield, didn't they? Because like the Shield came in as heels, and then they kind of went through that thing of becoming so good they were they were loved. Yeah, and then he's just kind of on the back end of that, and he just like he's of all of the three of them, you know, Ambrose and Rollins. He's had kind of the least to do to a certain extent. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, like they kind of changed a little bit, but he's just been the same dude. You know, not evolved, not evolved very much yeah. since the incident. No, not really, not really, not really. But, that, but that's this Sunday, isn't it? So we'll find out what happens then. We'll find Personally, out. Personally, I would love Kevin Owens to win. I would. I will dance a happy dance if that oh, happens. That would be beautiful, but I doubt they're going to run with Just it. They're not going to give the, um, him two belts at the one time. The uh, the video I posted of him doing that interview on top of a uh, steel. Oh, yes, I've watched that at least five times. It's harder every time. Because <laughs> your first reaction, isn't it, when he says, I'm going to become the first man to hold the Intercontinental title and the world title at the same time and you're going ultimate <laughs> <laughs> and then it's you know, and that's exa- that's Tom Phillips' whole thing as well yeah. and it's you can just see like, just the way Owens kind of goes <laughs> history <laughs> didn't matter until I got here yeah there you go <laughs> like how did you get up here how I'm an athlete <laughs> <laughs> it's like can't argue with that <laughs> brilliant I just loved it so much um, yes, yeah, so that's um, the other bit of big news is that um, two thirds of this podcast went to see a wrestling show at the last weekend. Yeah, just a little minor one in a church hall somewhere, you know. Yeah. You know. All right, if you guys want to talk about that, I'm going to go for a lie down for 10 minutes. Um, okay. Basically, <laughs> um, me, Ewan, and Al went to uh, Feeling Lothian at the SCCC in Glasgow. We were part of the 4,000 that went there for ICW's biggest show so far. It was stupendous. Um, I loved pretty much a good 97% of what I saw. And, um, that and thing I, about Al there, is it then? Or? 
Sorry? Is that like a little dig at Alan then? No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) three percent when I turned around (laughs) and just to my side and no, um, it was it was brilliant. You couldn't knock the effort at all in any of them. And Mick Foley was booked just right. It wasn't as if he was just there as as a you know, here's Mick Foley. That's it. Bye. Yeah. Um, Yeah, basically, he genuinely had uh, you know something to do on the night, um, but it's not as if it was too much on the night. Kind of thing, you know, it wasn't rammed down your neck either. Uh, the only real sort of American import they had that was working on the night was Rhino, mm-hmm. um, and he had probably for me match of the night with uh, Joe Coffey. You said face of the night anyway. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh the face, the face, man, the face. <laughs> there was the moment where he, um, uh, Rhino gored um, Joe Coffey through a table and then only got a two count out of it. And then there was a close up on the big screen of Rhino's face. It was shocked expression. And it needs to be an internet meme of some variety. <laughs> right. Loved it. it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. It was incredible. Uh, we did see the return of Cameron. I called it Phillips' favourite man, Jimmy Havoc. Yes. He made a surprise appearance during the uh, six man tag. Yep. Yep. Because um, I thought, you know, when when Jimmy Havoc tweets on a Friday night, I've just been kicked out of a club in Scotland for being too drunk. Scotland, full stop, too drunk, full stop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I'm thinking, why would Jimmy Havoc be in Scotland on a Friday night when one of the biggest shows in wrestling history is taking place in Glasgow on a Sunday night? How why? Convenient. Why would Jimmy Havoc why have come up happen? to Scotland for no reason? <laughs> So that's what I was thinking. I was, I was like, kind of going, I, 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 I think Jimmy Havoc's probably going to have a play in this at some <laughs> point. And during the six-man tag, uh, up he comes. <laughs> nice. And it was amazing. And the main event was also stupendous. You cannot fault. Um, I bet if there's someone from WWE watching any ICW at the moment, because I mean, although Vince doesn't really give a shit about any other company, apparently, you know, there might you will get people who are, you know work in the company oh, that will be. watch it. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. If they are on demand watching that ICW main event, they must be kicking themselves that they let Drew Galloway go. Oh, yeah. Because he went, like, and um, it was just amazing. It was just so well done. It was so just like, you know, the, you know Drew Galloway's the cocky, muscle-bound heel, and Grado is the kind of, almost like Dusty, Dusty Rhodes-ish kind of just man. Just about. Just about. Um, Apparently, it was suggested to um, Mick Foley um, that afterwards, that you know, sort of saying, "Oh, you know, is Grado kind of Scotland's um, Dusty Rhodes?" And he went, eh, "Yeah, probably." He was coming around to that kind of idea. <laughs> the um, Scottish and, dream, yeah, pretty much yeah. Scottish dream. Um, and then he's so um, instead of polka dots, he'll be covered in like yellow haggises. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're covering iron brew bottles. Iron oh, brew bottles, probably. Man, I'd buy that T-shirt. <laughs> but this was like the um, was it like, like the bit like the the biggest wrestling show since Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks in eighty one or something, wasn't it? It yep. was the biggest grossing gate for a British company's wrestling show since Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks fought in Wembley Arena in nineteen eighty one. In a match that sucked dick. <laughs> yes, in a match that was utter fish. It's a bonkers um, like idea, like the fact that it's, like the obviously you know the wrestling stagnated in this country for that long. Or didn't have access to like those kind of venues to do that kind of gate for that long. Oh yeah, and it's taken them how long to build up to that? How long have they been going now? Five. Well, ICW. Yeah. ICW itself has been going since about two thousand seven. Yeah. 
Right, yes. Um, I think the first show was at the Maryhill Community Centre. In, like, <laughs> in front of six people. <laughs> in front of about six, probably that, probably about six people. But like you said, it um, seems like you know, they've done it without dragging in like the filling the stack in the car with like no. giant US imports. No, it's not like it's it's not like it's a totally Americanized show. It has a definite <laughs> the whole federation has a definite Scottish flavor to I've it. Noticed that was a bit yeah, you may have noticed. Um, but it's um, it's their own characters. You know, they've yeah. done it with people having gimmicks which have been invented and 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 developed in an ICW ring. Yeah, it's not like they've kind of sort of said, oh yeah, we'll get sort of five or six American guys, base the whole show around them. They fuck off next month. We'll get another five six American guys in next month. None that. of that. It's been a continual yeah. surge from then on. And yeah. in the last sort of three years, you know, they've gone from doing the garage in Glasgow to the SECC. And that's, you know, and now year? They're, they're doing, I think, about three UK tours next year, culminating in the Hydro. Now, for those that don't know, the SECC had a capacity of 4,000. The Hydro is directly opposite it on the banks of the River Clyde in Glasgow. And it has a capacity of 11,000. Bonkers. So if they sell out the hydro, Dallas will do. Mark Dallas will do a naked streak of the entire arena and hug every single person. <laughs> okay, I'm I booking my I, ticket. I, 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 I'd probably take him up on that just for the sheer hell of it. You know, just say, just say I had. So when yeah. the um, when the WWE rocks up to Glasgow, do, do they go to the hydro then? Do they go? They're, yes, yes, they do. They used to be in the SECC, but most the TNA recorded Impact in the hydro when yeah. we were there two years ago. Um, they got a fairly decent crowd for that, but probably not. I don't think eleven thousand worth. Oh um, no, because um, they tarped off the top level. Um, so we'll have to see. But um, I've, I fully anticipate the drive is there for them to do it, and they've all got the ability. It's yeah. just getting the stories right and getting those. Extra right. I suppose also it's like keeping the, the names they were making them popular in the company. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd yeah, you know, yeah. be very easy to yeah. like you know. NXT, whatever, to snap up five of them or something, you know. Probably not saying that that, that would have happened, but it, yeah, it, they must be getting some kind of reputation, you know, here and overseas and everything. So, I think so. Well, for example, um, like Kaylee Ray has already done an episode of NXT. Oh. Um, Kaylee Ray was also on the uh, TNA's British Boot Camp. Yeah, yeah, and she's a, obviously a regular in ICW. Um, and you know, there's other guys that would fit the WWE mold quite well. You know, I could quite easily see like Joe Coffey doing an NXT match mm-hmm. um, you know especially if Rhino goes back and reports that you know he's had a cracking match with you know, might had... bring some some people in as like a surprise into um, the NXT show in London this year maybe um, not necessarily for the for TV but like for the dark match beforehand or something sure oh, I'd imagine they'll certainly be doing tryouts yeah and you know mm-hmm. what becomes of those I don't know <laughs> greater just already than like the final with uh, Samoa Joe and Finn, oh. Finn Baylor <laughs> just when we're speaking of Grado the atmosphere when I'm going to spoil the show when Grado won the belt the atmosphere in the SECC was something I've never experienced before in my life no it was it, it was, was very um, very amazing amazing it was it was I, I mean I've never left a wrestling show before and been singing the wrestler's theme tune on the way out <laughs> and, and on being, the train being, you know being on the train as well but being uh, walking through that corridor out of hall three of the SECC at the end of the night towards the doors to get back to the train station it, the sound of everyone singing like like a prayer was just reverberating around the place the last time I heard of that happening was after Fandango <laughs> after that yeah exactly, exactly but it was like I mean I've not had that I've had that at football 
Yeah. I've not had that at a wrestling show. No. You know, not singing like a prayer at football, you know. You know, <laughs> I, I, I go and watch Glasgow Rangers for crying out loud. Uh, <laughs> but um, it was like, I, I, you know, it's just, it's, um, it, was, it was just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. It's, and it's a fantastic memory to have. Um, but yeah, but it's a, a, a federation with um, a, a, a rapidly developing and favourite fan base, much like in the 90s oh, in segue. Philadelphia. Oh, beautiful. Look at that. See, oh. I, I, I was going to segue from the fact like it's nearly Thanksgiving and Survivor Series is on soon, so let's talk about ECW. Cameron I tell you what, I tell you what, Philip. You want you can edit mine out and just use that. <laughs> no, I think both. I think it'll be like a choose your own podcast. I think both of them in there. Let the audience choose what they want to go. <laughs> the audience choose which segue they would like to just have. Just turn it off, would you not? <laughs> Don't you win. What? Oh, Thanks, man. Interesting, 1999. Right, yeah. Th- this was your choice, wasn't it, Ewan? It was. Um, and why did you choose this podcast? <laughs> why on earth? I'm not. I'm not saying. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying in that tone of voice. I'm not saying why on earth would you choose this podcast. I'm just genuinely interested. Why did you choose this podcast? This this, this show is show. is sort of known as if you wanted to put ECW in one show, this show was basically ECW in a nutshell. For the most part, you had your technical wrestling. You had your hardcore mess. You had questionable crowd chants we'll get to. <laughs> yes, I, I, I will probably make comments on the crowd. Um, yeah. I, I might even compare it to uh, the ICW crowd. <laughs> um, but there'll be there's little differences, and I'll I explain why. I, I, I don't think the um, ECW crowd ever sang um, anything to the tune of disco. No, no. 
they didn't. But there's, there's other reasons I'll go into later on that it's, it's, there's the slight differences between the two. <laughs> All right. I'm thinking more, um, think attitude towards women. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, anyway. Some, um, context around it. I, I, I checked what was happening at the time with the other, the other federations at the time. All and right. this aired on March 21st. And yep. the week after, you had WrestleMania 15, which oh, was, um, was that the Kennel from Hell? WrestleMania? That was, yes. Yeah. They're not one of the good ones. But no, not Kennel, not Kennel from Hell. That was um oh, no, the big boss Al Snow one and Boss Man. But I know what you mean. The the the, the, the Hell in a Cell match between Boss Man and Taker, yeah. yeah. When the Boss Man got hung from the uh the cell when it raised up, which was yeah. a good idea. Yeah. And um the WCW pay per view this month was the WCW Uncensored, which headlined with Hollywood Hogan versus Ric Flair. Because we're about Three months down from the Finger Poke of Doom, are we? So yeah, essentially, I think I, this is pretty much peak wrestling, isn't it? Well, what I would imagine, what nineteen ninety nine ECW are not maybe having as good a year as they were the year before, but yeah, aren't no. quite at the level where they've crashed but and burned just the, yet. They're WWF, getting there. WWF just come out like they've just kind of still doing the the Austin McMahon feud, which yep. peaked at well, you know, that they had the the Valentine's Day massacre uh, cell match. Yeah, they did. And like I say, they had the finger poke of doom in WCW, which is when Mick Foley won the belt, which was kind of the, the end of, well, the, 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 the big shift in the Monday Night Wars, where yes. WWF started winning the ratings well, every week. Well, the, 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 they were starting to win it sort of the year before, weren't yeah. they? I mean, I think it, it's often credited with, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's often credited with uh, the, the point, Mike Tyson it? episode the year before. Yeah. Of so they've had a good year of sort of trading, you know, being a bit more competitive and maybe yeah. having you know switches here and there. But yeah, it's starting to get to that stage where WCW fall by the wayside. Yeah. Probably right to say that of of, of the nineties, late nineties kind of popular surge in professional wrestling in America, you're probably yeah hitting not, this. Not far peak. I mean, it's two years obviously not to WrestleMania peak. seventeen, but I think you know yes. TV wise, there was just up and up from now, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the yeah. year after they became a public company and they you know became. Made billions of stuff, so yeah. So it is like, and the ECW was part of that kind of rise, and obviously they've got like another good year or so before the wheels start to come off there. Yes, I'd say the obviously there was a living dangerously two thousand, but yeah. there wasn't a living dangerously two thousand one. <laughs> no, there was not. No, no. because that um, well, yeah, it all gone to hell in a handbasket, and everyone had pretty much left. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we open with um, a promo from Taz. We do. Um, badass Taz. <laughs> yes. Going to break your fing neck, Taz. I did, I did write down swear with opening promo, definitely ECW. I'm going after his jaw. I'm telling you, Sabu, my game plan, brother. I'm coming after your jaw like a shark, going after that blood and water, <laughs> like stink on shit. Yeah, he compares himself to, obviously, he's broken Sabu's jaw. Yeah. at a show and that's the big thing that he says he's going to work for like, you know like a shark smells blood and water Taz is going to go for Sabu's jaw tonight in the title match because it is a unification bout for Taz's world heavyweight you know, um, championship ECW championship and the FTW championship which Taz invented beforehand which Sabu currently holds so the winner gets both um, so he, he asks you know could Ric Flair beat Taz could Steve Austin beat Taz and then ends in the obviously the, uh, the 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 immortal beat me if you can survive if I let you. That's a good. That's a good line though. Fair play to him. That's a good line. Oh, it's good. It's good. Yes. It's it's probably the most like that. That's like the best thing I've ever seen Taz do. <laughs> beat me if you can. Hardcore 
survive if I let you. You know, because I watched him in, I, I first saw him in WWF, you know, mm. Rumble 2000. Oh, oh yes. yeah, yeah. Excellent angle. That's the first time I clapped eyes on Taz. I did not watch much ECW at the time at all. But it was, it was really hard to watch because they had, didn't have the TV license uh, show by then, did they? Was it the year after? They get the no, TV I show? think they had a general kind of, um, I don't know when it was, but they had a general kind of highlight show for like an hour on Bravo. That's the Bravo one I showed the, uh, the TNN shows, but they were weird behind. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, this time around, you know, as far as the UK to America kind of thing goes, we, we had to wait a long time for pay-per-views. Yeah. And, we didn't get them on tapes, would we? Mm, you'd have to go looking for them. You probably yeah. could. You'd have to really go looking yeah. for them and know someone and, who knew someone. Also, to be fair, no one watching Bravo is watching for wrestling. Let's be honest. That yeah. time you have, you know, what, what were they looking for, you, Ben? Um, adverts. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, then we get back to the arena. And uh, Joey Styles running down the card, which isn't quite Growly Vince. No. No. I've also noted as well that there's a little dip in the production quality from other shows that we've done. <laughs> just just <laughs> a, little, a little dip. A little dip. Because um, <laughs> I'm sure when Taz was on, I think he was on Cop Cabana's podcast, he said he designed all the logos for the early, for the pay-per-views and stuff. You didn't design something? Oh, no, I did. Yeah, I designed all, all of the logos. Then maybe that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. All of the pay-per-view logos the boys t-shirts wow. are you a, are you an artist i taught myself how to do graphic design back then because paul didn't have money to pay someone Using what microsoft paint no i <laughs> i um i would kind of i had this guy who would print the silk screen who'd make the t-shirts he had a corel draw program uh when it first came out and he taught me how to use the corel draw gimmick and okay. then uh and that's how it happened Fun. Okay. yeah and it was a hobby it was just a hobby sure, and it just sure. stuck. i still design all my own oh, stuff that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. really does show that this logo was not designed by a professional <laughs> <laughs> what you should have said Phil god bless him but that is a shit logo for a pay-per-view there's no chrome on it there's no flames I mean come on you've got to have something that just like comic sans or whatever it is oh god you know, I've got it up in front of me on the WWE network and it's just like that. that's that's your best it's a bit like you know that's the, it's a bit like that um have you seen that there was on Twitter a while ago? There was like some festival, and they had like loads of metal bands, and they all had pretty much like they all shared. The, you know, the band names were all on this poster, and they shared like pretty much two fonts between, <laughs> between them all. Yeah, all of these kind of gothic kind of angular things. And there was another band. There was a, <laughs> there was a band in the corner who'd written the name in fun, like Comic Sans or something like that. It just said Funky Funky Funhouse, <laughs> and they stood out a freaking mile. <laughs> it was a bit like that. <laughs> Oh my god, that sounds like a remake of Funhouse. <laughs> Pat Sharp in the Funky Funky Funhouse. Oh man. <laughs> um, anyway, um, back to before I give my house my Funhouse room. I nearly gave my Funhouse room there. Oh. Um, well, everyone knows the thing about Funhouse, yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Phil? What? What about Funhouse? There's a little kind of backstage information about the show Funhouse. Don't tell me he slept with the cheerleaders. Yep. <laughs> there we go. At Fun the same house, time, apparently. It's a whole lot of cum all over <laughs> your face. <laughs> Funhouse. For, for, legal, for legal purposes, before Pat Sharp sues us, uh, <laughs> we, we have no, <laughs> no basis. legal basis to say that. We, oh, for all we know, it's a complete lie. Is that and what I we're going to get from for the games? 
Oh my god. Anyway, moving on. They, got, <laughs> they I stood would give the top the of the shot spunk tank. <laughs> spunk. <laughs> I'd like to say this has gone down in tone, but I think I've contributed to it. <laughs> Super crazy versus Tajiri. Come on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> in recent months and put quite simply the winner of this matchup live on pay-per-view wins their feud was anybody else disappointed that it wasn't um like grand muta tajiri it was like regular wrestler tajiri yeah it wasn't like he's not got like the the sort of the the, the trousers on with the japanese flags oh. on or or he hasn't got yeah. the beard he also looks like he's 12 he as well. Yeah, he looks really young. <laughs> fair play to them. They can flip around, can't they, those two? Oh, they can do I, a lot of stuff with doodads. My, my notes here are basically scribble, scribble, scribble. I can't even read them. <laughs> because it, it just There's a whole paragraph where I just write and it just looks like a continual line. Yeah. And then I've, I've written below it, I cannot write fast enough to document this opening exchange. There's a whole sequence of flips and moonsaults that ends with a, it's with just... a double kip up. Both of them flip up. Bloody brilliant. Like, Jesus the, young, the young bucks would appreciate it. Way down across the legs of Tajirio gets the feet up. Beautiful hood and combo. The legs of Ken Bill. One count only. Nice home move by Super Crazy. Flint Tajiri. Can you Super Crazy with the feet? Body scissors. Into an arm drag. Back of the way. Full head of steam. Oh man, I thought it was amazing. I loved this. Jerry does like a flip off the ring with like a, a, a the margin for error is well because like no the, the ramp to the ring. Obviously, if you've not watched the show, listener is like level with the ring itself. It's like I think it's a raised ramp, basically. Yeah, yeah. and then like yes. either side of that is like a little gap and this guardrail where the fans are. Yeah, and so when, when the rest is done, then they can probably put their arms out a little bit and touch on both sides. And at one point, Super Crazy stood between the ramp and the guardrail. And Tajiri comes off the ropes with the springboard moonsault and hits him between those two gaps. Is this the acai yeah. moonsault off yes. the rope he does to the like outside? He's, yes. If he's a foot either way, then he's basically dead. Yeah, if he 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 is going to crack his leg off either the ramp yeah. or the or the guardrail. Oh, yes, yeah. I think, think they do mess up at some point. Yeah, this um, is what I was going to say. You know, there's a bit sort of halfway through. Where I think Super Crazy goes to the top rope. Um, Tajiri's inside the ring standing. Oh yeah, 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 and Super Crazy goes up to the rope to kind of plant her off it and springboard off it, and then he just slips and then ends up just kind of flopping. To Judy basically lets the crowd chat you fucked on and kicks him in the face really hard. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like this is this is what I'm going to you know for not the first time tonight I'll probably talk about the ECW crowd. When we were at the ICW show, when we were at Fear and Loathing of the Night, um, uh-huh. not I don't think any one person in that entire building wanted the wrestlers to fuck up. No, no, we all wanted them to have a really good match and we wanted and to give them an environment. There was, there was where they one have oopsie. There was one oopsie, but you know, <laughs> that was actually available. There was a really <laughs> small kind of you fucked up, and then it just kind of that yeah. was it. I really well, hate it. Is that person dead? Yeah. Right, well, pretty, uh, well, that was it. Are you talking about BT Gun? 
I'm talking about Beataker who missed three yes. available tables and hit the floor falling off the top of a cage. Yes, that's the one. Um, looked a little bit out to lunch afterwards. <laughs> anyway, you know, you get these like guys who, you know, they bloody, you know, there's some there's some fella in the background who must be at least 25 stone, and he's pointing at Super Crazy, saying, "You fucked up." I mean, come yeah. on, mate. Have you have you tried to do that? Considering <laughs> everything they pulled off oh. in like the opening, but before that, oh man, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that that chant I find can be quite disrespectful at times. Yeah, I find it like you know, you know, look at what's gone before. Could you do actually this yeah. stuff? There's folks still putting their bodies on the line for entertainment yeah. here. He makes one mistake and it's like you found that, you found that. Get get lost. Some ECW fans were the worst enemy of the well, company. They were, they were drunk, yeah, frat boys basically, weren't they? A large chunk of them, essentially. Yeah, which essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that environment obviously made for a great atmosphere, especially across TV, because you know the noise they make is you know they they. they Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Really well on the broadcast, but they, it's, yeah, but there's that there's that difference between being enthusiastic and fervent and passionate, yeah. and then just yeah. turning off. I think the NXT audience is kind of yeah, the NXT audience, yeah, yeah. Kind of a little thing. bit, yeah. Making another ICW reference, the ICW crowd, Cameron can attest to this. A lot of the crowd had drank quite a lot. Well, yeah, it's Scotland. <laughs> The entire justification, yeah, Scotland. It's yeah. not racist because we're Scottish. So it's done. <laughs> well, considering at one point I was seeing a guy walking past and he had basically four pints in each hand. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had the whole eight pinter, didn't he? Yeah. I'm assuming that's some kind yes, of carrying he... thing for that, not just the actual no. glasses by themselves. No, he had the glasses by themselves. He had like a finger in each one and like four of them in each thing. Oh, and he was gross. like, off he went. I think I, I, they might have been all for him, you know. Who cares? Probably were. But anyway, um, did you hear, regarding the fall from Super Crazy, did you not want to spend too much time on it because I'm going to just find the whole point? But did you hear um, Joey Styles trying to cover on commentary? It is raining outside very hard. The floor inside the convention hall is slippery. Two. Which is like, well done, Joey. You tried. A, A, it's not the floor he slipped off. And no, but it was B, on the floor, so his feet might have been wet as a result. Yeah, B, this is not an open air venue. <laughs> there is a he route. tried. Listen, <clears throat> he's doing his best. Yeah. Yeah. Joey's doing his best. There was just. It's hard to call in the show. We should mention that. I mean, it must be quite hard to call an entire show by yourself. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, trying to do play by play and be throw some colour in there as well. And the, I think uh, it's commentary. refreshing in the fact that at no point in this show does Joey Styles say anything like, what a manoeuvre. <laughs> he actually knows the names of the moves and that makes yeah. ten times the difference as far as I'm concerned I also made a note here about the um, the ring makes a really good noise it yes, does the ring is yeah, very well mic'd up it's very uh, well mic'd up it's... and then the match finishes because it finishes really quick it does kind of come out of nowhere doesn't it yeah. it's yeah. kind of just uh, it's uh, Tajiri Hurakurana it's reversed into a low roll up for the three and Super Safety wins and um yeah, it's a little bit out of nowhere, but it's 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 after a really high tempo, you know, balls to the wall match. Like it's it's a great starter. What yeah. a starter that is! There's no holding back yeah. from either of those guys. Like, yeah. and for just you know, there's no titles on the line, but you know, I think yeah. Joey, Joey Styles just explains it like you know, the winner of this wins the feud. Yep, that's it. <laughs> it's like great. That's what you need, isn't I'll it? I'll do, mate. Yep, <laughs> yeah, perfect. Now, I'd, because we, you know, we. We're a bit too quick on our podcast in this week, so we and we watched the show a while ago. So I'm not actually sure what comes up next. But all I've written is camera working promo is so annoying. Hey Taz, don't you remember what it was like to have the best manager, Phil Alfonso, in your club? Well, tonight you stand alone, Daddy. I was that boo. You're 100. He's 70. He 
100%. But if he gets hurt, I'm gonna tape him up, I'm gonna glue him back together, and we're gonna keep going. We're gonna kick your ass big time. All right, it's Sabu and uh, everyone's favorite pothead RVD um, talking about the title match tonight. Oh, the camera's just going like between them really quickly, yeah. going back and forth and in and out and zooming. It's like, just, <laughs> oh, yeah, I've just got um, um, Bill Alfonso says if Sabu is broken, he'll tape him back together. They yeah. censor the word ass, but Taz yep. was allowed to say shit earlier on. <laughs> and uh, I put Sabu doesn't hang about. Nope. <laughs> so there we go. I, think I, also it's love, <laughs> I also enjoy the fact that the the way that Sabu has decided to emboss the belt in his name is put some tape over it and write his name. Yeah. He's also got other, he's also got that really weird um jaw thing going on. Like, yeah. yeah. Jaw. This is I'm thinking, is, this is a question I, I noted about this because I didn't know you could tape a jaw up. Well <laughs> it doesn't look like it would do you any good. No. <laughs> You can understand, like, you know, like when the dude comes out with his shoulders taped or, you know, ribs taped, you know, because yeah. you can kind of you go, yeah. oh, okay, that's giving some kind of support. But, like, he's just made a tape beard. Essentially, yeah. He's just put a beard on his face. And he's put a tape on his he's put F- beard out of He's it. put FTW on it. Yep. Yeah. And that's it. I don't think that's going to really, no. you know, you want no. it to go, that's, like, over the top that. of the head, surely, to kind of keep the jaw from moving. Yeah. That's, You'd think so. You'd think, you'd think so. You'd think so. But then it's just happy, isn't it? So, you know. Pretty sure. much. But anyway. Um, yep. Next, we get um, Steve, Steve Carino. Carino. I mean, these two come in every week and they suck. Don't you people agree with me? Why is Steve Carino even in the ring? And uh, he seems to have an impromptu match against Balls Mahoney. I think um, basically Balls comes out to shut him up essentially because he's just gibbering yeah. on. Yeah. So I just say my. Um, there's not much to talk about this match. But my favorite part of this match was, um, I think, at some point, Balls is you know on the on the on the mat, and Steve Kuna gets a chair. Yes, and the the crowd are cheering him. Oh, I use the chair, and then he puts the chair down and sits on it. Does and a chin gets, lock. Uh, Balls in a chin, chin lock. lock. Yeah, and so. the crowd boo the normal use of a steel chair. <laughs> yes, he just uses it to sit down. <laughs> yeah, and the crowd boo the, that. Yeah. And then Stephon. shortly after, Balls gets up and uh, gives Carino a great three concussion. Yes, yeah. <laughs> a brutal, brutal chair shot. I think I get it written down. The ref looks at Carino and just shakes his head. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, he's dead. No, that's it. Sleeping he's say you'll be feeling that one in the morning. Uh, yep, yeah. um, are, we, are we playing that wonderful game of who in EC, this ECW show is still alive? Oh, this is not going <laughs> to go well. Is Axel Rotten not dead? Yes, I'm sure he is. So. Very brief aside, did you see that music video that someone did for the song called Dead Rest of the Beach? <laughs> no. no. I'll post it for you after the show. Okay. When, we get, <laughs> when we get to do the... Why am I laughing? The, <laughs> it's a great song. Oh wait, no, Axel Rotten is still alive. Is he? Hmm. Oh right, I apologise to Mr. Rotten. And <laughs> basically, this is a very short match, all centered around one steel chair. Yep. Yep. 
because it's designed to just basically, um, you know, beat up. Let the, let the crowd chant balls. Let the show, crowd chant balls, and Balls Mahoney can then attack Steve Carino, and then yeah. Nyon knock his head off with a steel chair. Un, an unprotected yeah. chair shot. There's something you haven't seen for a while. Nope. And, uh, yeah, he takes that like an absolute bastard. And um, he's down. <laughs> I don't yeah. think there's. I don't That's think there's much, right there, that is. I don't think there's much selling needed there on Karina's part from that. <laughs> it's genuinely thunderous. His body just went and go down and down now. <laughs> yes. I just thought, yeah, I just thought, you know, I think when it happens, you, if you look carefully, you can actually see his soul leave his body. I think you can. Yeah, I think just momentarily. I think he's like his body moves and the soul's still there. I think his conscience hits the map before his actual body does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. The, yeah, it's it's not really that much. I mean. The, I think using the chair for its intended purpose is the best. Is the best, but yeah, it's, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. it's kind of a part comedy kind of match in that part sense. comedy part career resisting match. <laughs> part yes, but like, is it even a match? No, is it? It's like people come out and have a fight, and that's essentially it. <laughs> the bell rings like, at the end, and they raise the guy. That's hand. true, yeah. actually. We'll we'll get some match later on that is just literally just a fight. <laughs> you notice though, when balls pins him, he doesn't actually put any kind of pressure on him. He just kneels. He just one knee on one side and his foot's on the other side. Yeah, doesn't actually you know put any pressure on his shoulders to do, hold him down. Do you really? Do you really need to do that at any point? Considering he's, he's essentially a corpse at this point, we so can understand that. Yeah, pretty much. But you can at least put your hand on him or something or a fingertip, like Jake think you do after DDT, just to kind of imply <laughs> that you're pinning him as opposed to just standing over his dead body. No, celebrating a murder. The other thing I've put for that, this is that um, earlier on in the match, obviously before this, is that Bold Mahoney has like a frog splash. Oh, yeah. Which also looks like that. it absolutely hurts like hell. Because yeah. he's not a light man. No, oh. this is not. And he does a leg drop, doesn't he? The, was it the uh, New Jersey Jam or whatever? He yes. goes up to the leg drop, but he misses that one. That looks like that would. He shouldn't do that too many times. No. Because no. that's going to make something bad happen to your back. That's going yeah. to be a hip replacement. <laughs> Deadly promo. The Deadly promo. They are the five-time former ECW World Tag Team Champions, the Dudley Boys. They beat the pants off of Terry Saturn. They beat the shot out of Hack Myers. They beat the citizenship out of Masato Tanaka. They beat the extreme out of the Sandman. And then they broke the neck of Beulah McGillicuddy, starting a wave of terror capitalized when they took down the public enemy, capitalizing on the fact that someone paid them off to run public enemy out of town. It's basically about how the Dudley boys beating dudes up. Repeatedly. Well, beating dudes up repeatedly, basically, and they were paid off by someone to try and break New Jack's neck. They were paid off by Mustafa, and that ends up being revealed as Mustafa, who is New Jack's tag partner in the Gangsters. Yep. So later on tonight, oh, we're building up to the hot match of the night. Oh yes, later on you're going to get <laughs> Mustafa versus New Jack. Can't wait. Oh yes. The best part of this whole video is when uh, Joey Styles says, the Dudley boys beat the citizenship out of Masato Tanaka. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I found that quite... That's a good, that's a good line, actually. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, anyway, um, on to the next match, which is uh, Antifaz del Norte 
Yep. Versus little Guido of the FBI, the full-blooded Italians. Which at this point consists of little Guido and Big Sal, and that is it. And Big Sal, because, what, a couple of nights ago, Tracy Smothers and... <laughs> Got destroyed. Yeah, basically. And, and the Big Dawn. And the Big Dawn, they've, they've split, basically. Anybody notice, because uh, Guido comes out on Big... Uh, Big Sal's shoulders that he nearly knocks himself yes. out. I agree. It's the same thing that he nearly knocks himself out on top of the entrance way. Little Guido almost got knocked silly. Coming through the entrance. Surely you must have rehearsed that at least once. Yeah. Surely you know how tall you are on, a man, on the man's shoulders. I think Joyce Styles brings it up as well. And they're, they're a bit stereotypical, these two, aren't they? Just so a if bit. You, if you caught it, they're a little bit stereotypical. But also... At some point in the match, I just kind of blinked and went, wait a second, this is what Enzo Amori and Big Cat, Big Cats would be like if they were in the 90s. Let me tell you something. If me and Big Cass had a dime for every time we got beat up as kids, we'd have zero dimes. That's because me and Big Cass are not S-A-W-F-T so He's like an electrified ferret, isn't he? Yes, it probably would be. Yeah. It's essentially the same thing. It's like little scrappy dudes who gets into trouble and these big dudes get him out of it. Obviously done a lot better with it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, I, you know, Big Sal, we, I, I don't think would wrestle as well as Cassidy Cassidy does. I, think he's too, I think he's too big, Sal, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I think he's quite... Because he's got the big coat that um, Viscera would wear. Yes, yes. The, Viscera, the Viscera coat. That's got about four coats in it. I think that's what it's known as in the catwalks of Milan. <laughs> the Viscera coat. Yes. The Big Daddy V coat. The Big Daddy V coat, yes. Good. King Mabel coat. Yes. Big Daddy V. <laughs> oh, yes, the one that takes at least eight cows. <laughs> so, anyway. There's one part yeah. of this in the early going I've just went, this is way too fast. <laughs> you know when you get that Jim Ross thing of slow down Yeah, you know, the talent should easy. slow down and let the audience breathe in the spot and yeah. like well yeah probably you're right and um, this is probably an example of because I think ECW had a lot of accusations at the time of just being this kind of wham bam thing didn't they and just there was no yeah. kind of um, in the matches it was all just spot heavy kind of idea and I think just well, they, they they had their wrestlers, but they left in it because they had you know Dean Malenko and Guerrero and Jericho and yeah, those kind of guys. But, so they had that they did have the wrestlers for a while, but then they would be picked up by the big companies who could pay more money, and then so they'd have to kind of get more guys in, and then the guys wouldn't necessarily have any kind of you know uh, notoriety or fame to they'd have to do stuff to get noticed. I think it's you know the same thing that happens on the independent circuit these days. You kind of have to do that stuff to get noticed to get people through the door in the first place then you end up stuck in a cycle of having to do it every week because that's what people expect yeah exactly yeah exactly and then you just kind of you just kind of stuck doing it aren't you you, you no way to get out of it but no yeah. no and you know, they're throwing themselves all around and it's like clearly there's like no mats on the floor so it's just bare concrete yeah and there's a bit where big sal puts antifaz through a table that does not look pleasant for anybody involved <laughs> whatsoever no it doesn't Up until this point, though, the fans are all chanting boring at one stage, yeah. mm. which, once again... Shoulder block, 
I believe they're also chanting you fat fuck at Big Sal as well yeah pretty much uh, I have put a note on here again some guy from the crowd shouts fuck you so loud they actually have to bleep it from the broadcast <laughs> fair play I mean to, uh, if he's that loud surely you keep it in just out of respect to the man sorry mate it's beyond our control <laughs> but this reminds me I was watching um, me and you were talking and we were talking about um, about the Montreal Screwdrop aye and we thought, oh, I've got to be there. Let's watch it. Let's put it on. And it ended up being like the most uncomfortable watch because the whole crowd at the, the just t- chanting faggot at um, Shawn Michaels. Oh, nice. And just homophobic stuff just flying out of their mouths oh, yeah. towards him throughout the entire match. Mm-hmm. Even, like in even on the network, obviously they probably process the sound a little bit to kind of get it out, but it's so clear what they're saying. And like, <laughs> you know, like say there, like there's, there's some guy who's in like the, the robes at the hard camera and you can clearly hear what he's saying and none of it is kind. No. 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 That's the most development that Michaels brings to the dance. Oh! But like, how how much you can't get rid of that because that's the environment it was in. So yeah, you, yeah. You know, this is supposed to be like a document of what happens. You know, the show and stuff. So it's difficult to nearly at um, Survivor Series '97 in the Conquistadors blog. And <laughs> this, this, when I started doing the project, there's two pay-per-views I'm not looking. I, I didn't look forward to doing. And Survivor right. Series ninety seven is one, mm. and Over the Edge ninety nine is the other. Mm. Oh, I believe I can fly. Oh, oh. Oof. you would thump. But seriously, that that like every single there's a silence one puts up about um, Pat Patterson being gay and all sorts. It's it's like the crowd is ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. The, the crowd are proper brutal, and like I say, the, the, yeah. there's all very well you know having a passion for the product, and that's great. Yeah, but. There's certain yeah, levels where it just yeah. gets really tribal, and it's not yeah. that good. And I think the WWE had the the crowd was like that, but they, I think it was around this time they started to pull that back a bit. Like when I think of like you know ninety seven, ninety eight WWF, like you think about like it's like this in ECW, like the, the the crowd are like on top of the ring, aren't they? There's no space between the people and the and the, and the ring itself. And then I think it was like the year after they they put in those new the the, the security barriers, so the kind of the big black ones. Yeah. That about a foot further away from the ring, so the ring kind of becomes a bit more spaced out from the crowd, and it's like less on that kind of smoky old atmosphere. Yeah, there's less on top of you. Yeah. But in a way, that made yeah. it more dangerous as well because it then made that margin for error a lot greater because oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of the guys, a lot of the aerial moves to do relied on the ring being that, that close. Whereas there's as later on in ECW, there's a lot more fuck ups because they are not taking that into account. And yeah, what was a good spring before isn't a good spring anymore. And uh, yeah, basically, the ECW crowd is a bit annoying. Basically, yeah, most of the time. Yeah. Um, after a after he slams through the table, they put um, Antifaz back in the ring. There's a leg drop from the top rope by Guido, and into a Sicilian crab. Mm. Not a Boston crab. Looks suspicious like a Boston crab, but maybe you know, <laughs> totally different. Been totally different. And Antifaz, um, well, I don't think it really taps. I think the referee just calls it. Yeah. And some other random dudes just come out to the ring. That's be Tracy Smothers and yeah. um, the Big Don. Um, who are the security for the ring is terrible because like, people just seem to be able to just walk out whenever they fancy. <laughs> well, yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Whenever they fancy, just walk out to the ring. And yeah, they have a, a sort of standoff. <laughs> Tracy Smothers attacks Guido. Um, the Donna tries to attack um, Big Sal when he's got his back turned with the with the flag. There's a rather brilliant moment where there's like one of the one of the flag shots doesn't do anything to him. Big Sal turns around. There's another flag shot just as he's turned around, and then the Don tries to pretend he didn't do anything with it. He just kind of holds <laughs> the flag and goes, hmm, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, this thing. Oh um, yeah, yeah, I'm just holding it." <laughs> 
Uh, oh, that's when he drops the uh, the viscera coat, isn't it? That goes. Yeah, that I'm goes. Run for a fight. And then off he chases them up the aisle. They go up the aisle, and then that's that's it, really. That's it. Thank I you. mean, this match is it's all right, but it's nowhere near what you've had before, and it's it's too damn fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just needs to slow down and breathe a little bit. So, um, so yeah. So thus far, we've had a really really good opener, and then two okay ish matches. Yeah, and one pointless match. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up is a wonderful advert for the ECW website in which the word online is hyphenated. <laughs> <laughs> for you fans who are looking for inside news, up-to-the-minute information on ECW, or looking for ECW's complete online catalogue of home videos, check out ECWWrestling.com. 1999, kids. 1999. Yep. Different era. Different, oh, different era. Online been hyphenated as the equivalent of the CompuServe website and WCW. <laughs> 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 boing, boing, boing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I put a note there. I can't remember what it's for, though. I put, uh, they, they stick a boot into WWF slash WCW. I can't remember how or why they do that. Um, uh, pass. I can't remember. Don't know. Maybe if it's an audio thing, I'll stick it to the podcast now and I'll explain it. Yeah, maybe. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the answer to Phil's question is Jerry Lynn, tired of being patient, was underutilized by the WWF, was underutilized by WCW. They put him under a mask, called him JL. Creative geniuses down there in Atlanta. The next one is widely regarded as being one of ECW's best matches ever. It is the obviously the uh, 1999 meeting between Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam. Doesn't Jerry Lynn look like an 80s wrestler? 80s With slightly better hair. Uh, yes. He looks like um, Bernamite Kid, but like a foot taller. He does a bit, yeah. He's got that kind of build to he it. He does also look like he should be playing in some kind of um, death metal band. Yeah, he's some stage, he? you know, you can imagine him being, you know, the drummer. Uh, he's got that vibe to him. In fact, as you saw later on, you know, not quite death metal, but he did go on to front Nickelback. So uh, that was a crap joke. Never mind. Good try though. But it's like weird. Like you, you put him in the ring with um, RVD, and like Jaden, he, he looks like a wrestler. He looks like a wrestler, you yeah. know, almost. But RVD looks new. That makes sense. He doesn't look like a, he looks like something different. Yeah, yeah. Yes. he kind of speaks to RVD's newness. I know what you mean. Obviously, once again, I didn't watch that much ECW at the time. But you'd hear about RVD, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah you'd hear about RVD. But my, my first kind of exposure to RVD was probably the Invasion Angle, mm. um, as we covered last month. Like this, that was, what, three years after that, and he still felt fresh? Yeah, but this this is kind of like an RVD who was kind of had a, his own defined style. Yeah. And he was yet to do that thing of just not really being arsed. <laughs> you know, because I think there's a lot of, like, RVD's, Especially his TNA run can't be arsed. He's getting the money in, and he couldn't do anything that way. And this is RVD, fresh, young, off the hook, and willing to go with his gimmick, basically yeah. of being this. Well, essentially, you know, he was allowed to portray the fact he's a stoner, basically. <laughs> but even that, I think he's supposed to be like ostensibly the heel because he's partnered with um, the man who causes straight down the middle, Bill Alfonso. Rob Van Dam and Sabu are standing by with the man who calls it right down the middle, Bill Alfonso. The manager of champions, the man who calls it right down the middle, Mr. Bill Alfonso. But he's still getting big cheers from the crowd, isn't he? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And again, they do like, a, like the opening sequences are fantastic between the two. Well, the opening sequences are amazing. I was just put here, uh, um, warming up with armbars and headlocks. Um, Van Damme springboards off the turnbuckle. There's a reversal, and Lynn springboards off himself. There's a really cool moment where Rob Van Damme just walks up to him, inverted atomic drops um, Jerry Lynn on his bollocks. <laughs> then, like, RVD has this whole kind of mocking kind of mode of just kind of grabbing his nuts and kind of like, you know, going, oh, that. So um, Jerry Lynn just launches at him and just lariats him. Lead Brock by Jerry Lynn gets caught. In for an atomic Close line, Jerry Lynn took offense to being mocked. Isn't it by this point they've, they've reloaded the timekeeper's table as well? That's there again. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's a moment where Jerry Lynn uh, moonsaults, springboard moonsaults off the ropes beyond the out of the side of the ring yeah. over the barrier and on an RVD who's waiting below him. Bonkers some of those things out into the crowd. Because it's properly nuts. out in the crowd, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's properly out in the crowd. It's probably like this is an insurance case waiting to happen. Um, but no, nope, it's all amazing. Halfway through, Jerry Lynn busts his right knee, um, which is put across by Jerry Lynn, uh, by Jerry Lynn, by Joey Styles on commentary. There's also a really crazy moment where Rob Van Dam gets a steel chair, puts it on the ground, um, does a Mexican surfboard to um, Jerry Lynn whilst RVD's lying on the chair. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of thinking, I, I wrote where's somewhere, this going? What the fuck? Yeah, there's like, where's this where's this going? Why why would you do this? Later revealed that he just flips up um Jerry Lynn, gets out of the way quick, and lets Jerry Lynn fall on the chair from a great height. <laughs> yeah, I think I thought that. I thought that. Why is he doing it on the chair? Dot dot dot. Oh, that makes oh. sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, all oh, right, the end. Oh, I get it now. That makes sense. I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, I've also put a note on here saying, that Lynn power bomb from the top rope to the chair. Oh, God. Ow. I think yeah. it's like awesome chair work. <laughs> yes, awesome chair That's, work. It's almost, like, it's almost like a Mike Awesome power bomb in East W time. Oh. A little bit, yeah. I'm oh. going to put you through this item. I don't care how much it's going to hurt you. Here we go. It was a, an RVD leg sweep into a leg, into a leg drop. Yeah, that's the one. He could do yep. bonkers moves then, couldn't he? I think I think he can yep. still do most of them, but he kind of needs you know a good run up for him. But like back then, he was just so smooth. Absolutely not just most of the stuff in this match. And this the, was it top rope um, through the table onto the concrete as well. Yes, is that Lynn when he falls out of the ring? Because so. at one point yeah. they they go they do a table shot, but the table doesn't break, does it? They just kind of bounce off it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's like a DDT <laughs> off a table, and they just bounce bounce off it. Yeah, uh, but there's the moment where um, <clears throat> Jerry Lynn goes through the table on the outside. And it genuinely looks like he's knocked himself completely for six. <laughs> because it's just, you've even got Bill Alfonso kind of trying to help Jerry Lynn up to kind of get him back in the ring under yeah. that kind of proviso. And then RVD gets the ring and gets a two count off it. Um, but yeah, Lynn does look a little bit, the lights are, yeah. had a bit well, of a shot. Like, yeah. I think he gives RVD like a really proper nasty looking German suplex into a pin as well. Yes. Yes, he does. Like, really really the proper nasty one. Yeah, it looks... If there's a lot of torque on that. <laughs> yeah, they've put the yeah, German suplex. Uh, Joey Styles says, Jerry Lynn will not be denied. And then after that, a tornado DDT from the top rope by Lynn against the table, which does not break. Yeah. Is that, does um, that at the beginning of the match, like, um, uh, Joey Styles says, I'm going to make a bold prediction. I would like to make a bold prediction. I feel that Jerry Lynn 
is going to seize the moment. And then tonight, live on pay-per-view, ECW living dangerously is Jerry Lynn's night. Tonight, he grabs the brass ring. Tonight, we crown Jerry Lynn the ECW World Television Champion. Because, of course, this is, for the, this is for the TV title. I forgot to yeah. mention that at the top. Yeah. yeah. This is the first of their four matches. Is it? This is the first of their four-match series they have over the next so many shows. Yeah. Oh, okay. Christ. For an opener, it's cracking, isn't it? Yeah. It's the really good. between the two of them. I mean, I don't know if they wrestled previously, you know, in other federations. Uh, I don't think so. I think this was their first meeting. Bonkers, just to get that kind of chemistry straight away, isn't it? Yeah. So the big thing about this match is it has a 20-minute time limit. That's like, the bell rings. I'm just like, huh, what? What's going uh, on? What happened? Because I can't remember the last time there was a time limit in wrestling apart from... <laughs> King of the Ring, where we had the time limits in that for the uh, yeah. for the matches. They, they they don't mention the time limit before that at all, do they? No, they don't. There's, there's no. no bell just rings. There's no. It's not audible on the broadcast anyway. Yeah. And apparently, the ref has the power to award the belt to Jerry Lynn because he thinks he did best. Yeah, I think. I yeah, think was, I thought it was a bit weird, and then it's even weirder ref for the referee powers. to offer him that belt and then Jerry Lynn to say no. No, because Jerry Lynn wants to win it properly. He didn't want minutes. to get. Yeah, you want five minutes to prove that he could beat RVD, not just by a decision he wants to beat the man yeah. and of course how does that go normally yeah he loses the match within a minute yeah, just, like RVD does, does, uh, uh, does his five star frog splash and Jay Lynn's about I don't know four miles away from the corner or something like he's ridiculously far away from the oh, corner yeah. where RVD jumps off and RVD still nails him with it yeah like he's at, he's at the wrong angle at the other corner and RVD still makes it it's ridiculous yep like he twists his body in midair to get to land on him in ways that I don't yeah. think is possible he does. He gets the three count on that. Um, uh, it's a really good match. This one, cracking. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is really good. Best match of the card yes. so far. Yeah, by far. So far, yeah. actually, I think the best match is the next one. <laughs> Before we get to that, though, there's a woman pops up now, and she's called Jasmine St. Clair. Yes, and apparently, um, apparently, she's in porn. I, 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 I don't know. She has her own Wikipedia page. Does she? <laughs> uh, she's made appearances in World of Professional Wrestling and such film as Communication Breakdown and National Lampoon's Dorm Days 2. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Right. That's her uh, film career. Okay, just the two. Uh, known for her appearance in World's Biggest Gangbang 2, a 1996 sequel to World's Biggest Gangbang. <laughs> In which right. she's advertised as performing a record-breaking 300 sex acts with 300 men in a 24-hour period. Right. But it was only 30 men strategically placed in film. <laughs> only 10 of whom were actually able to perform such thing on camera. Well, there you go. Thanks, Wikipedia. <clears throat> well, that's um, that was educational. Yeah, well, um, you know. Right. Okay. A little bit of, uh, you know, yeah. But there we are. Let's, let's go oh, on she to... She made two appearances for TNA as well. Oh, um, in which she performed a striptease. So there you go. <laughs> oh, yes. shocking. Uh, well, I didn't even know that existed. Hold on. Just got to Google. Safe search off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving anyway. on. You're going to that website again, aren't you, Cameron? Apparently she, apparently she was trained by the Blue Meanie. So take that as you oh, will. That explains everything. <laughs> that explains, explains a lot, yes. But we have skipped the, um, the, the promo that kind of details the history of the Taz-Sabu feud. That's fine. We've got the, I think... I think it's the only Paul Heyman bit of the night. 
They were hardcore before hardcore was cool. The single most intense rivalry in ECW history is without question Sabu versus Tag. Uh, yeah. He kind of talks mm. through the history of it. It kind of shows like their first meeting on the Mighty Seven pay-per-view, which was that was like they, they feuded for a year but didn't actually touch or have a match. Yes. It was yes. just a lot of staining, a lot of gesticulating. Yeah. Which kind of got, I think, that... Well, obviously, you know, yeah, Shane Douglas is, you know, throwing the belt away, kind of got the notoriety in the first place, but that kind of got them the rest of the fans in through the door. Yeah, that got, that got the kind of people looking for a story in the door. Yeah. So I think that is... You know, I think that rivalry is very important to the promotion, you know. Yeah. That one and the Tommy Dreamer, uh, Tommy yeah. Dreamer Raven feud. It's nice to get like a nice little bit of history for it, you know, before we get yeah. the... Uh, the next match. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, the next... next um, the next um, event. I think I've written down. <clears throat> Buckle up. Here we go. Mustafa versus New Jack, and the music has already started. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. I didn't know that happened during New Jack matches. No, nor did I. Nor did I. Because at some point, I just kind of thought the music's still going. Is this is this right? You know, it was like some production issue. Yeah. No, no, every single match. God, it has been annoying. And also, why is New Jack dressed out as the, the, the Dudley Boys in two years' time? <laughs> I don't know. I've no why idea. That, why does that happen? Right, basically, <laughs> New Jack is a nutcase. <laughs> Correct. And doesn't really deserve to be here. <laughs> nope. He's a talentless fuck. Um, but he brings out a wheelie bin full of weapons, which includes a keyboard. Keyboard, a uh, colourful toy lawnmower. And don't forget the bit with the guitar. When he swings the guitar at Mustafa and the guitar breaks in midair before he actually hits him. <laughs> so flies off into the crowd. So he calls for the guitar to be thrown back and he hits him with it and about four tons of talcum powder explodes out of it. Yeah. A very much a Jeff Jarrett guitar. It's yes, my god. And then obviously, oh, they're going out for the ring. What's going to happen here? Oh lord. Um, this actually leads into my favorite bit of the uh, probably of the entire WWE network because obviously you know he he, he gaffer tapes um, uh, New Jack gaffer tapes <laughs> must refer to a table. No, it doesn't yes. time to the table, folks. He gaffer tapes, gaffer tapes to the table. <laughs> he goes up somewhere high. And I'm not sure oh where this match. He might, he might take some cooking on the way up. I know he, uh, he talked about <laughs> he it. He did something on the way up. On the Colt Cabana podcast, he talks like he did at some point, like during the pay-per-view, as he's going up there, you know, to snort some cooking, because why not? He's about to throw himself up a 20-foot-high, you know. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's, oh, let's, my let's God. Let's leave the scenario. Climbs up to a balcony. He's about 20 feet in the air. Yeah. Mustafa is about 8 to 10 feet away from him. And he throws himself off. Yeah, he doesn't even jump. He, doesn't he just jump. basically he just falls. throws himself off. Practically misses Mustafa. Yeah. <laughs> and just lands on the floor. Lands and b- kills so- them both. 
I would try to say, right, uh, can, can we rewind a bit? As New Jack admitted in an interview that he was high when yeah. he did this. Yes. I'm not, I'm not sure whether it was this one, but one match where, like, because I think this one, because he, he's on camera the whole time. But one of them, he kind of goes, like, out the arena to, like, a back stairwell to get up to where he jumps off. And he just kind of takes some cocaine out of his trousers and snorts it and jumps off. Uh, but then I was snorting coke. I ain't give a fuck. I mean, when I'd be going up to do my dive, I had coke in my pocket and just do a line. Just do it. Just... <laughs> As I'm like, ready to jump. like secretly or in front of everybody? No, I mean, wasn't nobody with me but at the security. Wasn't yeah, nobody yeah, at the security yeah. was with me. So I had a shit in my pocket. And I'm running up the steps and they ran with me and I'm, I'll stop and like, hold on for a minute, motherfucker. And by the time I got to where I was going, it was then it kicked in. You're so right. I was fucking super negro. I didn't give a fuck. I just <laughs> dove. I was like, look up in the sky as a crow as a bat. No. Bear in mind, right, obviously yeah. you are kind of, as a wrestler, responsible for not harming the other guy in the ring with you, right? Uh, I get what you're saying, Cameron. So here's yeah. Jack. What a fucking psychopath. Why uh, would you book this tremendous arsehole? Well, but they he, did it in XPW and they know they killed somebody in a scaffold match. He would, he would die next year, wouldn't he? Well, because next, the next year's living day was the one where he'd, they'd missed the table. <laughs> yes, they did. And they got, was it permanent brain damage for him or for the other yeah. guy? I can't remember what it was. But Didn't end well. it's fine. Is that, the one where he, is that the one where, because New Jack has, is blind in one eye and he yeah. blames that for it? And yeah. Just, but all this is justified, Cameron, because you know when you flip through the matches on the network, he kind of gives you the little, <laughs> little, little thing. Yeah. And a little thumbnail description of what happens. And it, like, it has like, the start of the match and the finish, isn't it? You, you see the start yes, it does. Yeah. You go to the finish of this match, it, it says. New Jack hits risky suicide dive for pinfall victory. Let <laughs> me read that game. Right. New Jack hits risky suicide dive for pinfall victory. Risky suicide dive. A risky suicide dive. <laughs> just a little, just a little bit risky. A risky suicide yeah. dive in my book is going from say I don't know the top rope to the outside. To say the, uh, the the commentary table. Perchance, yeah. like Mick Foley did at WrestleMania 16 and missed. You know, the elbow yeah. from the top? Yeah. Uh-huh. Jumping off a balcony from 20 feet isn't a risky suicide dive. It is an actual suicide dive. <laughs> it's a suicide attempt. He's trying to kill himself live on a pay per view. There's no good reason, as far as I can tell. <laughs> he's, already, he's already said at the start, Phil, that New Jack, he said he would kill himself to <laughs> kill Mustafa. True. That is true. Yeah. So he's, he's only backing up what he said. No. And the best bit is, they make it back to the ring. No, they don't make no, it back no, to no, the no, ring. No, 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 no. They do not make it back to the ring. They back to the ring. They do not make it back to that ring under their own steam. <laughs> their two dead bodies are carried yeah. back to the <laughs> ring by the red They're helping two half-conscious men to the ring. Yeah, I just wrote, and the corpse is brought back to the ring. Yeah. Yeah. And I think and it's over. Yes, agreed. It's over. But then it all goes a little bit weird. <laughs> you don't see. Well, because the Deadly Boys come out angry that um, uh, New Jack is wearing their clothes from two years' time. <laughs> and also that Mustafa's filled in his epic quest. <laughs> yes. It's just like... Oh, my God. This Is this why Shane O'Mac started jumping off high things? To kind of counteract <laughs> this? 
I don't know if Sheen or Mac took cocaine on the way up. <laughs> we have no legal no reason that. to say that's true. But clearly, when Maybe the WS did it, it was clearly on something that looked kind of soft. Yeah, exactly. Like when he did it, was it WrestleMania 17? No, was it 17? No. No, I'm thinking of um, that was when... a backlash against the big show. Uh, I'm not thinking of the I'm thinking the, the, the triple um, hardcore match. When they, oh, is it Raven goes off the... Um, the uh, like big show and Raven got oh. the side of the stage through like a big yes. soft thing, and then Kane jumps off after them. Yeah, like like you can kind of tell like like they've actually thought about people's safety when they're planning this, as opposed to yeah, you 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 can make that new Jack, that'll be fine. Just just yeah, land there, it'll be fine. The concrete's not that hard. I mean, it's twenty <laughs> foot, it'll be all right. It'll be fine. Just, as long as you hit right. him, as long as you fine. land on him, you'll be fine. Just the lads in your head. He didn't, he didn't land on him. Oh dear. Yeah, Spike and Nova turn up. Yeah, they well, get this is after the open challenge threat with lots of swearing by Bubba Ray. Spike Dudley then is press slammed over the rail and the crowd crowd surfs out of it. Yeah. I put it on <laughs> here, is this a match? <laughs> and then that they 3D the announcer. <laughs> yep. And then Sid Justice turns up. Oh, Sid Justice. <laughs> yeah. I thought, you know what this match needs? Psycho Sid. Yep, and it gets it. Um, <laughs> the Dudleys now batter Sid two on one. Yeah. This has been going on for absolutely ages. He's still got a great choke slam. He's got to give him yeah. that. Yes. Exactly. Spike is back. Spike acid drops Bubba and pins him for three. Yeah. And at the Wait. bottom of the page, I put, was that still a match? <laughs> Does the bell ring? It was actually two matches in one. Yeah. Oh, what a, an amazing. What is. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I'll put on here at this point. Um, Spike pins Bubba. The match was still going, question mark. And powerbomb to Spike. Why not? And another throw a table. Why not? And then a bit yeah. just, just Joey Styles say, what was the point of that? Yeah, he's a, yeah, I've put down here a quote from Joey Styles. Honestly, what was the point in that? Is, is that like an existential comment about his career at that point? I don't <laughs> About the baby that he's calling. Like, what was, what's the point? I do not know. What has happened? I have no because idea. It's just like when I talked like, that bit earlier when um at the end of the Guido match and some people just come out and something like, and a fight happens. Yeah, like that, that, that's basically this bit, isn't it? Like two people come out and stuff happens for a few minutes and then it kind of goes away again. Yeah, like that's essentially it. Essentially it, yes. Yeah. And that's just that's the Deadly Boys. <laughs> so that's just one clusterfuck of a match which goes into a clusterfuck of an angle which seems to go into a clusterfuck of a match and then a clusterfuck of a post-match and then Psycho Sid turns up and then the, no, I think Sid turns up halfway through the clusterfucking <laughs> um, right moving on because yeah. <laughs> we put, have to I put next um, sad music in promo good god I don't remember this. I think it's this with um, Shane Douglas. Yeah, it's Shane Douglas because um, 
he's, he's retiring and he's thinking about who's going to give his title as the fourth franchise. Yeah. And it's played some really sad music. Which basically says Tom and Junior's going to continue the franchise theme on. Yeah. Which then leads us to a match of Tom and Junior and Shane Douglas with Francine against the Impact players of Justin Credible and Lance Storm with the Jazz. This match contains a lot of unsavory chants. <laughs> Flex! Justin Credible hangs up! just incredible they're a really good heel team aren't they yeah I mean they're like really nasty and vicious like not very nice people I feel that Storm is the wrestling aspect of it and Justin Incredible and Jazz are the sort of personality yeah side of it it's got blessing Storm's a great wrestler but you can kind of tell why Jericho got all the belts and stuff yeah How how many people are on the outside of this ring for this match? Uh, I think approximately seventeen thousand. <laughs> it feels that way. Is this um, also where we get the uh, the, the she's got herpes chant? <laughs> yes, yeah. pretty much. That's yeah, got so, the. Uh, this also a show your tits chant within like five seconds. Yeah. Um, uh, what else have we got? We got she's a crack whore. Yes, that's dirty, another one. Percy, that's one as well. Yeah, <laughs> and then after all that. Um, I think someone does a suplex and they sent to the middle finger. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say what? <laughs> because, you know, unsavory, you don't want that going on, do you? As the crowd is chanting, she's got herpes. I just I just wrote down unnecessary censorship running wild. Just, it's a weird match, this one, isn't it? <laughs> it's it is a... just really. It's not even the wrestling on the inside of the ring, it's just more what's going on on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> The crowd, I think the crowd seem a bit flat and they entertain themselves by doing really horrible chants to the lady back <laughs> in the ring. Mostly, yeah. Apart from yeah. The, the, the wondrous bit is, right, it's like going, and they'll sit there and kind of go, yeah, chance she's got herpes and all this kind of stuff and all, all this kind of odd derogatory rubbish. As soon as, like, you know, the moment arrives when Francine and Beulah are having a fight and obviously, you know, Francine's skirt rides up um, revealing where yeah. she's got her tattoo... <laughs> and uh, you know everyone cheers <laughs> so it's like alright oh, so you can call her a crack or all that kind of stuff but as soon as she gets her kit off it's fine it's <laughs> all fine did she get a ladder at some point as well she does bring a ladder down the ring yes and she's also involved quite heavily in the end because um, Justin Krill goes for a Singapore cane shot onto Shane Douglas. Francine grabs the cane and then just basically kicks um, Justin Credible in the head. And yep. then um, Justin Credible gets Pittsburgh plunged for a three count. That's it. Uh, there's um, also a moment where um, Landstorm lifts Francine up <laughs> out of the middle of the ring and manages yep. to cop a feel of her arse at the same time. <laughs> well done, sir. Um, genius. Yes, lovely. It's, it's, I mean, this match is clearly like, you know, it's more storyline than match. And oh, yeah, definitely. Shane Douglas was clearly, even though at the beginning of his run in, although like he kind of had like a little run in um, ECW, mm-hmm. jumped across to be Dean Douglas, jumped back here and then jumped across to WCW. Have I got that timeline right? Don't know. He's kind of hopscotching between the different federations and stuff, getting himself caught up on drugs. Yep. And just basically just being an all right wrestler. Pretty much. Essentially. 
and Tommy Dreamer's doing like the Tommy Dreamer shtick. And yeah, it's certainly a big match. Like there's lots of shouting and lots of terrible chants. Yeah, pretty much. It's not the best no. thing ever. They make a decision, say the um, reference to the Holyfield Lewis match that happened recently. Cause wasn't there like, uh, like in the pocket, they keep talking about how there will be a decision at the matches. My notes is they Drew starts talking about the ref decision. That there won't be any ref decisions. It will just be the wrestling. I don't know what sort of time if if the time goes up. When was it? That whole field? Was that when he was biting ears off? I can't remember. I think there was like um, Tyson <laughs> a boxing match where the judges called it wrong or something. Oh, oh they hang keep on. talking about there's no judges in the ring, don't they? Because it's in New Jersey yeah. or something. Yeah, it's New Jersey. So that's obviously making reference to the athletic commission. Yeah. Ah, because you know wrestling and stuff you know it's not fake no not at all oh, proper no, contest this not, not proper contest proper contest with uh, ladders and with big ladders and things cheers and, and cheers and belts. Singapore canes and all yeah. this kind of stuff it's like it's weird because you had you know you had the chaos of the last match and this is kind of more chaos this is just like a continuation of chaos yeah it just doesn't really like it's obviously some kind of big like storyline match but it just kind of goes nowhere and it's a bit dull even though Incredible yeah. and Storm are a great tag team, but they're a great heel team. Oh, it's just a bit kind of boring in the end. It's definitely a fellow match. Definitely, because the next one's a big one, isn't it? Taz versus Sabu. Yes, we're down to our main event of the evening now. Mm. <laughs> Once again, I say it's, it's, it's weird seeing Taz in the kind of position of being like a, a, a decent wrestler and being put across as, as, as a really good fighter. Yeah, because they yeah. just didn't really... well. Was his injuries kind of man's not by the time he went to WWF? They got like a year out of him before he went to commentary, didn't they? Was it a year, two years? I think it would probably about two years. Yeah. Because he obviously put Angle down in his first match, didn't he? But he never seemed to really kind of get the push that he got at ECW. No, no, not at all. I think it's because he was too small. Because mm. he was genuinely just <laughs> really too small to do anything with it. So they weren't going to put any belts on him or anything like that. Yeah. No. He got the Intercontinental belt, didn't he? Surely. No. No. <laughs> no. 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 I don't think he did. No, I don't think he held anything. That would be the kind of belt, you'd, maybe like the US belt or something, but I don't know. No, I don't know. Well, I didn't have the US belt back then. When they could put, like, you know, Heyman put the full force of the the uh, company behind him, you know, like, say at the beginning, like, the the promo he gives at the beginning is, is, is a great promo. It's like a really good champion promo. Oh, yeah, it's good. But you know, and the match he has here is great. It's a, it's a great, great end yeah. to the pay-per-view. That's cracking. I think it helps that him and Sabu have got like a lot of chemistry because obviously they've had their feud previously. Yeah, they've yeah. had the years beforehand. I think it's very easy for these two to work together because they know how each other ticks, they know how each other works. Yeah. So they can play it. And obviously the jaw comes into play as well yeah. quite early on. Oh, straight away, yeah, it goes to the cross faces. This is an, uh, uh, um, an extreme death match, as I believe it's referred to by Joe Stars. Yeah, an extreme death match with a rope break. Yeah. So I got an idea. I say we make this not only a unified belt match. What an extreme death match! Falls, kill, and live in the building. Yeah, I've put the Taz in the crowd. Uh, Sabu jumps over the top rope, only for Taz to chair shot him through the, on the head on the way down. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you can't actually see what they're fighting because of the crowds all around them. There's a bit where I think um, Sabu goes, gets Tazplex over the top rope through the table. And oh, yeah. He goes through so hard he breaks the camera feed. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> the camera just goes black when he hits the floor. And it's like, oh, dear. Oof. Isn't it also a bit where um, it's like Sabu tries to somersault over um, Taz when Taz is on the apron and tries to powerbomb him on the concrete floor, but it's too narrow? Yes. Yeah, that problem comes up again. And he ends up just, yeah, and he ends up just kind of like crunching himself in Sabu's lap and then they'll land in a heap. Just doesn't look, yeah, he just looks like a little bit kind of oof. Yeah, exactly. Oof. Exactly. And there's a lot of Sabu's offense that looks a bit oofed. <laughs> This is the one like there's like the table in the corner and they kind of both of them go through it. Yep. And I think they also at some point they, they start bad mouthing Flair and Hogan. Fuck you! Yeah! You want some Flair? Sabu's got balls, Flair! Hey Hogan! Ah, you There's also a um a dragon tag tasplex through a table, that looked like fun. Yeah. That does look like it stings a little bit. Yeah. It's just basically like well, A, because I don't actually remember them setting up a table at any point. No, the table just appears from nowhere, it seems. It's appearing in places all around oh, the ring. Which okay. is, like you know, a wild table appears. Novel. What do you want to do? But it does feel like um, like it's like the, the RVD Jerry match, only without mm-hmm. quite so much high-flying and wrestling. No, it's more it's just like... much more of a brawling... Brutal. Yeah. And, yeah. And steel chair shots. Mm. Yeah. Which yeah, is good, because there. like that's their character, and like, that... I think their feuds obviously built to a point where this kind of match makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. I think a lot, exactly. of the, a lot of the time, especially with the WWF, they, t- they kind of get to those matches where the feuds don't really justify that. Like having the bloody hell in the cell thing, it just gets my nerves. Yeah, just because, having it because that's, that's yeah, the they're having it because it. that's yeah. the pay per view they're on. Yeah. And rather than have, saving it and like letting the feuds build to the point where like it warrants having that kind of uh, stipulation, like you know, th- this feels like this match, you know, it needed to have this kind of level of violence to get things sorted out. Sabre doesn't care about himself. Taz is solid, but yeah. we know that anyway. Yeah, and uh, in the end, uh, our Taz comes through and unifies the belts. Yay, Taz! Yeah, mm. he gets his uh, own belt back, the belt that he invented by putting Taz in a Taz mission and Sabu passes out. <laughs> yeah. And we end up the handshake because why not? And which the crowd sure. boo. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you do in ECW. You go shake his hand and then put him through a table. Yeah, you just yeah. like, you know, grab him and then just yeah. you know, stick his head on a concrete block and then, you know. Sure. You scarp stomp his teeth until they disappear. No sure. one bleeds through handshaking. I'm sure Taz got so a couple of F-bombs during that final promo as well. Does I think there's a moment also where someone in the crowd gets on Taz's back a little bit and before he suplexes Sabu, he turns around this fella and just says, you asshole. 
All right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think with the sound clips for this episode, it's going to have to have the, the explicit tag on it, I think, because it's a little bit... Uh, yeah, I think we've probably already earned that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But uh, that was uh, Living Dangerously. I think it's, you know, it's not as good as the, ma- as the Jerry Lynn match, because obviously that no. has more... It's a different kind it. of match, though. Exactly. It's, it's a different kind of match. It's not that same kind of match. I think, you know, the, the feud might be better at this point, you know, as a capstone to it, but... I think you know the trailing match is bad, but this is still a cracking match to finish on, though. Yeah, it's a it's a good, especially after the flipping tag team match. Uh, yeah, especially after basically that that match, the tag match before seemed to be the women's match of now. <laughs> but you know what I really liked after the end of the uh, of of, of, of of the last match, they did a nice little recap of the events of the pay per view. Yeah, yeah I noticed that. Yeah, they went through the whole thing. I just went, oh, this is what happened over the evening. I'm sure, like the WWE used to do that. Um, like you get like a little video at the end with what kind of what was going on. Yeah, you had a little sort of edited video that they'd done put together, but it wasn't really like sure. as if anyone went through the results. But it was just basically highlights. Yeah, like a little, a bit of I like that because now it just finishes, isn't it? Like it's something just happens and it ends. Just ends with Kane coming back for the eighty thousandth time. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do we think of this overall show then? Good. Yeah. Oh, that was all think, right. Do you think it's a fair summation of what ECW was? I think. Oh it yeah, it's, it's totally everything about ECW. It's got the car crash, a glimpse at like the wrestling they keep, they had at the company. Yeah. Um, because I think you know, if you go back a few years, they would have had you know, Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero giving them, like a clinic in the matches and stuff, which they, they yeah. kind of lost that, and they had to rely on the new jackness of the of their the, 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 the people to kind of get themselves over properly. So. I think you think this is where you can kind of see it starting to lean a bit too heavy that way. Mm. And I mean, what the Dudley Boys would only be around for like a year, year or so. Um, they'd have definitely been uh, left for. They were, well, in, they were, 16, they were, uh, at, they were in Rumble two thousand, so they've got less than a year on them. Yeah, so they would have gone by then. Um, obviously, RVD would have stuck around. So I think yeah, they would lose more of their kind of you know their their more skillful players yeah they'll they lose some yeah. more talented people to obviously WCW and WWE to the point where we were, by the time we get to the final show Guilty's Charge 2001 it's a really sad situation mm. because it's literally the bare bones like Tommy Dreamer and that's it Tommy Dreamer Rhino who to you know who couldn't believe this was it yeah who just refused to believe really this believe was it. it but it's still a good show you know yeah, I think you know when it kind of gets it, when it hits its stride in like the opening match, the Jerry Lynn match, and the, and the final match. Yeah, though they're they're as good as anything else on pay per views that year. I think, especially in the Jerry Lynn match, I think it will mm. be um, that kind of match you wouldn't find in WWF for a fair while. Not for another maybe three or four years, I would yeah. say. Until like you know you got the SmackDown until the attitude eater, until the attitude eater, and also the whole ruthless aggression thing. Yeah. So this is a more harder, abrasive side because at this point they were still very not cartoony, but you know what I mean. Very sort of the fantasy. Star. Whereas a few years later they were very yeah. gritty, once, very know, real. Once Kurt Angle kind of got his got really probably bed into the company and mm. the SmackDown Six kind of flying, up, you know, kind of pulling out all their skills and everything. You know, Jericho hitting his stride and. Um, Guerrero hitting his stride and all those kind of wrestlers, you know. I think, I think that's the kind of true ECW influence from the wrestling side of things. Yeah, because I think before that they kind of took the tables and the you know the, the you know as GBA would say the toys and all that kind of stuff to kind of yeah get that bit over. But it took a while for them to actually learn from the wrestling side of things. I think I mean, that was probably Paul Heyman's influence. I would have thought. 
Mm. He, was, he was the main person behind SmackDown for that period, wasn't he? So, yeah. Yep. Obviously, we have to suffer the invasion first of all, but you know, never mind. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, where is it going in the rankings? That's just what I was about to ask. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, I keep. I actually forget these days what rankings we have. I mean, it's not the worst show we've seen. I've got it in front no. of me, and um, still not as good as WrestleMania Eight. Let's be honest with ourselves. No, God, no. Not as no. good as Wrestle Kingdom Eight in Tokyo Dome. No. Uh, Summer Slam 2002 is number three. Yep, that's still fine. That's still safe where it is. And then WrestleMania. Uh, sorry, Survivor Series '95. Um, ooh, now. Ooh, mm, we're getting to this territory now. Because that is definitely, it's definitely a middling ground, I think. It's definitely a middle ground. Um, is that King of the Ring 93? No, it's not as good as King of the Ring 93, no. Then it's Invasion 2001. Oh, God. Um, it's better than the Invasion angle. I enjoyed but, it more than the Invasion angle. not as good as King of the Ring 93? No. So, so that, that may not be the sixth best pay-per-view ever. Is that the sixth best pay-per-view ever? Wow. Well yeah. done, ECW. Yeah. Yep. For making yeah. the sixth best pay per view ever. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think it's about fair because Keely Ring obviously got perfect heart, which is a, yeah. as as good as Lynn RVD is. I think that match just takes it and then What's the virus series ninety five got? I can't remember now. Uh, um uh, stuff. It's got the under- <laughs> it's got the Undertaker teaming with a Godwin. That's true. I just got uh, Viscera, no Big Daddy Mabel. Well Survivor Series ninety five's got Bret Hart um Diesel. Oh yeah, the table shot. Oh, so. The table shot. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which, which is quite good. Yeah, that's. Just, um, I think that's probably fair to be honest. So yeah, that's where I'd put it. That yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I'd put it there. So as our first ECW pay per view, did we enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. I say as we've already said, it's 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 a culmination of pretty much everything that ECW stand for. It's got the technical wrestling side of it there, but it's also got the trash wrestling, some of which yeah. is better than others, and it's mm-hmm. it's quite a patchy pay per view. Yeah. It's. Yeah, I, quite, I mean, it's bits of ECW. I still want to kind of go back and watch. Like, I wouldn't mind watching the rest of the Lind RVD matches and going back yeah. and watching that. Um, oh yeah, you know the, the Sabu Taz feud. Exactly. Yeah, there's bits that you know you, you know it, it really starts was. off something quite good. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. but I think like I think but I think essentially from this point onwards, it's kind of it's a slow decline. Like there'll be a few like it'll kind of go up a little bit until until the end of the year. Then after that, it'll be like yeah, the money will start to run out. <sighs> Yeah, start to run out, and so yeah, this is probably one of the best of uh, their previews. This is the glory days. The glory days. The glory days of wrestling. Full stop. You know, ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah, late nineties. Late nineties. All good. Late nineties. Doesn't get any better than this. Where are we going next? Uh, whose choice is it? Is it my pick? I think it is. Interesting. Now, I think the one I want to do, because I remember reading about it in our favourite um, wrestling magazine, Corden Spots. Uh-huh. There was a pay-per-view on WWE in 1996. Okay. Which is, I can't remember which one it is, and my magazines are on the side of the, over there. Uh, might have been Halloween Havoc, I think. Yes, because that's got uh, Dean Milenko and Rey Mysterio Jr. on the, on the card. Oh, and it was the, the review. It was like a really good review of the, of the uh, one of the best uh, WCW pay per views. So I think because we we've given WCW a bit of a kicking. I think you know we have. Given oh yeah, it yeah, yeah. But I think it's quite fair to say that they did have some good points. So I think we should probably try and find uh, do a good WCW pay per view. All right. So Halloween Havoc '96. That's the one. 
Halloween have? I'm just running through the card now. If you're um, playing at home, that's uh, next time's homework. I'm just going to skip by all the other ones. Hold on and get down to here because it seems to have gone to just general Halloween Havoc. 96, here we go. So we're looking at um, Dean Malenko and Raymond Studio Jr., Diamond Dallas Page, Eddie Guerrero, The Giant and Jeff Jarrett, uh, Six and Chris Jericho, Luger and Aaron Anderson, uh, Steve McMichael and Chris Benoit um, with uh, Meng and the Barbarian. <laughs> oh, um, yes. The Outsiders, um, <clears throat> Kevin, Kevin Ash and Scott Hall and Harlem Heat. And uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan against Randy Savage is yeah. your from the um, Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's 96, so it's, it's about, what, three, four months after the NWO were formed? So it's pretty much, yeah. yeah so this you'll this be is sort of the rise of the NWO. Yeah, we pick NWO. So, yeah, that seems like a good one, I think. Give, all that, right. give that a whiz. So that's all right, yeah. Okay, so Halloween Havoc 96 for those playing along next month. If anybody does ever play along. I say, well, <laughs> not really, not but there really. we go. You can dream. Um, we can always dream. We can always dream. I try and plug these sort of things, you know? Yeah. <coughs> good work. Good. Thanks. Yeah. All right. A good podcast. It yeah. was. It was a really good podcast. Yeah. Well, do you reckon Al will be back next time or not? I think I think so. I think it, it's, let's face it, it's a pay-per-view that involves Hulk Hogan. But to be fair, yeah. and it's got Haku and the Barbarian. So yeah, exactly. Surely. 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 It'll, it'll be good. I mean, he's not in the powers of pain, to be honest, but... No, but it should be fine. It should be fine. It should be fine for him. I'm imagining the, the Geordie one will be back in good time. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Cameron will be back, and Neil will be back, and I'll be back. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be the foursome again. Yeah, the, the full-on conquistables. Exactly. Yeah. The full-on conquistable experience. Full-on experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we're hanging that on there, you know, the full-on Kikishtabur experience and leaving that open to interpretation yeah. as to what that entails. Yeah. But, uh, you just know it's going to be sexy. Oh, it always oh, yes. is. Always is. Yeah. I've not, I've not got the heating on here, it's just really hot and steamy already. <laughs> Cameron P.S. Phillips. <laughs> oh, yes. Purely sexy. Just like, just like the side of that phone box I found. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways... <laughs> I would say before it goes downhill, but I would end it there, but I think we... I think it's gone way downhill down, already. Then back uphill. Go back downhill again, I think, so. Yeah. So. <laughs> Peaks and troughs. Peaks and troughs. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, the conquistadors have left... The building. What was the point of that?